Hey everyone, and welcome to Procure Pulse, the managed services podcast that provides you with current trends, best practices, and the latest supply chain news to help you stay informed. I'm Mickey Meehan, your host, and I'd like to invite you to email us with all your questions at info at conductive.com or connect with us on LinkedIn by following Conductive or on Twitter at Conductive Inc. Thanks so much for joining us today. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. I'm Mickey Meehan, your host of Procure Pulse. And today joining us for our episode, we have Adam Ellsworth, Director of Strategic Sourcing here at Conductive and someone I've had the pleasure of working with for quite a while. Thanks for joining us, Adam. Hey, Mickey. Thank you. Very happy to be here. I thought maybe we could start, you know, you've been doing this now for, for almost 13 years. Be great to just hear about a little bit about your background, maybe how you fell into purchase services. I mean, did you did you grow up wanting and, and wishing to be a, a director of strategic sourcing or or how did you fall, fall into it? You know, all those kind of details I think uh, everyone would enjoy hearing. Yeah, no, I, I, I can't say that I come from a long line of proud strategic sourcing managers is actually something <laughs> I just sort of fell into uh, by accident, sort of randomly, actually. I was working in accounting previously, uh, just doing project management there. And then, uh, you know, uh, 2008 rolled around and was looking for another job and just sort of fell into this one. I just saw an ad online, sounded intriguing, and 13 years later, yeah, here I am. I worked on a lot of contracts and a lot of categories in between. That's great. That's that's uh, that's awesome. I think a lot of us in this business didn't necessarily, uh, you know, set out to get into it, or or a lot of us don't have supply chain uh, focused degrees, although they, they seem to be a little more popular now. Um, Mm -hmm. so, you know, how did you, how did you go about the learning process, you know, as you came up and, and slowly, uh, worked on more and more categories, you know, now, now I know you're an expert on, on, you know, probably close to a hundred, but how do you get there over time and, and still kind of, um, you know, show confidence to the, the stakeholders and customers you work with? Yeah, no, it was a lot of uh, learning uh, sort of by the seat of my pants and just being tossed in the fire and having to figure it out. And that's, uh, you know, one of the great things about having good contracts and good data, uh, not to mention good people to uh, lean on as far as resources go. And, you know, so so I definitely got a lot of help from uh, various mentors along the way and just in terms of, you know, how to figure out how to go about uh, sourcing any particular category. And I, I sort of feel like once you have the basic foundations of sourcing, uh, you can apply those to a lot of categories uh, generally. And, and a lot of it is just trying to figure out uh, what's unique about the category. And I think the you know the big question to just keep in mind there is what don't I know and who might know the answer to that? Uh, so whether that's somebody in a stakeholder group, uh, such as facilities, IT, Etc. Or somebody, uh, you know, your counterpart uh, at the hospital supply chain office who you're working on the contract with, you know, it, you bring that sort of solid sourcing foundation, and you can bolt on any sort of category specific expertise that you need to on the fly. Uh, uh, I, I left out the supplier. Uh, they're obviously a very, very uh, valuable <laughs> resource that we lean on a lot uh, throughout this. So. 
you know, it is this collaboration in a way, and I like to think of it very much like that, and not uh, anything that's sort of oppositional in nature. You know, we're not negotiating against a vendor, against a customer. We're, you know, trying to negotiate something that's mutually collaborative for everything here. So I think that's sort of the basic framework that I try to keep in mind. Uh, and there are categories still today that uh, are new to me and that I'm learning, and that I just try to keep those uh, core fundamentals in mind when I'm approaching a new one. You also mentioned, you know, you came from an accounting background. Uh, how important is the ability to perform, you know, detailed uh, analytics and, and analyses on some of these, you know, complex proposals? I mean, do you think that has helped you uh, a lot as you've, uh, you know, had your journey in strategic sourcing? Oh, for sure. Yeah, you definitely need to keep an eye out for details and things that don't uh, sit right uh, at first glance. You need to just I guess have that instinct to to follow up on it, and you know, it, one thing that I try to, and it's uh, hopefully not a knock on my my own self confidence, but I try not to be the person of record on anything. Like if I'm going to make a recommendation to a client, or I, I'm going to include something in an analysis that I'm doing of uh, proposals that we've received, I, I want to be able to tie that back to something directly submitted by the supplier. Uh, or, you know, ordered specifically by somebody at the hospital. I, I don't want anything to be sort of taken as my interpretation without being validated uh, by somebody else. Uh, an example of that in the accounting world is uh, one of my claims to fame is I actually found an error in some of the, so there's regulatory bodies that come up with the accounting rules, and I actually found an error in one of their some of their guidance and I submitted that to them. I said, <laughs> it doesn't look right. And they said, oh, yes, you're, you're right. Thank you for catching that. Uh, so, you know, I, I think that sort of critical eye is something that you definitely need to very much maintain and just have on at all times when you're looking at this stuff. No, it's, and even more importantly, probably in today's world where it seems like you can't get straight news on on anything without a, a bias being able to be a uh, a you know kind of transparent and neutral uh, conduit of information. Um, I'm sure is refreshing for those that you work with. Yeah, for sure, and, and I try to keep that in, in mind as well. Is you know we're, we're not we don't have a, any particular dog in the fight when it comes to who is going to be awarded a contract. I, I really look at it as my job being a function is okay. It's my role to just line everything up as best I can and make sure that you know you are able to ask the questions that you need to in order to further validate a uh, supplier's proposal and determine, you know, who is the best fit for your particular organization. You know, some suppliers, they, you know, perform well generally, but there's always going to be one that may be better suited to a particular environment than another. And it's my job and, you know, our, our role to figure out how to, how to discern that and ask those questions to make that selection. Absolutely. So maybe we'll we'll switch gears now. Um, I know over the years you've sourced uh, a varying number of categories in healthcare, you know, from from PPI and, and med surge, and and now the focus has been on purchase services for for quite some time. Um, what are some categories right now across your clients that you see trending, uh, where they're able to you know make a significant impact uh, in bringing savings to their bottom line? Yeah, in, in some cases, it depends on the product category. Uh, you know, so we have the GPO offering. 
uh, precision benchmarking as well as the general sourcing. And they tend to be a little different uh, depending on which one you're looking at. Uh, but just sort of collectively, I could say that some things that we're seeing a lot of demand for now, uh, things like uh, municipal waste, uh, EVS, uh, cleaning services, uh, translation and transcription have been popular lately. Uh, also, a lot of uh, interest in blood uh, elevators and, and managed print seems to be one that we're seeing. Uh, so that's just sort of a general selection of uh, things we're seeing to be seeing broad interest nowadays. And is, is there anything in particular driving uh, those trending categories that you think? Is it related to COVID? Obviously, blood shortages play into uh, people needing to look at that category. But, you know, what's what's behind uh, the fact that these categories are so popular to source right now? Yeah, I, I was going to say, I think you raised COVID. I, th I think uh, that's a, a lot of the driver for some of these. Uh, some, you know, just could be the, the contracting cycles and when they fall. Uh, but I think things like blood, you brought up the shortages. Uh, obviously, um, you know, there were a lot of price fluctuations. Uh, so you had shortages on the one hand, but you also had a decline in procedures uh, during COVID that sort of offset that. But now, you know, you're seeing that uh, lack of demand and, or I'm sorry, lack of supply uh, in that uh, another aspect of blood that we're also seeing interest in besides just the price generally is a lot of people are looking to uh, really nail down more favorable uh, terms regarding their contracts regarding returns and exchanges. So that would be the types of products that you're able to return. Uh, also the uh, sort of proactive inventory management of the blood supplier in terms of, you know, what's the shelf life of the product that they're giving you? How do you make sure that they're giving you product with the longest shelf life? And if you do need to return something, uh, what are the terms for that return? You know, are you getting credit or are you getting uh, cash? And, and so a lot of people are looking to just shore up those return and exchange terms as well, uh, in addition with blood or I'm sorry, in addition to the price for blood, uh, then certainly other categories um, with uh, utilization components uh, like managed print uh, have been uh, affected uh, via COVID or affected by COVID. So, you know, obviously with people working remotely, uh, there's been a huge drop in demand for uh, printed uh, pages in the office and things like that. People just aren't using a lot of those devices uh, in their, you know, their homework environments. And it'll be interesting to see which organizations uh, change back to something resembling quote unquote normal uh, as people go back into the office uh, versus you know, where you're gonna see more flex employee um, in terms of people working from home and having a blend of going to the office just a couple days a week. Uh, some of our, I'm hearing different things from different clients as far as how they're approaching that and sort of what the long term will be. But uh, certainly you'll have some categories going back to normal and some that'll have a sort of new, new post-COVID normal. And I think print is uh, definitely one of those areas that's been affected by that. Uh, office supplies I'll throw in there as well uh, that people are starting to take a look at and how to you know, uh, modify their contracts and their pricing uh, to reflect uh, what that new normal is. That totally makes sense. And I guess going along with that, how do they then go about tackling those conversations or, or those categories? Or are we talking about always having to do an RFP? Do you just mm -hmm. go to that supplier and try and, you know, uh, change the terms or negotiate the terms mid-cycle? You know, what's, what's your best advice on on how they go after 
those categories that you mentioned. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it depends on the category and then what the terms are with the supplier. So for print, you typically see, you know, the, these le long-term lease agreements that, that do make it a little hard to renegotiate uh, at least some of the pricing because uh, you have things like buyout fees and things like that for canceling leases. Uh, so it depends on, on the supplier and what the arrangement is. Uh, I, I would say certainly approaching them with a renegotiation uh, if you can do that uh, without, you know, totally redoing the contract is uh, a good optimal place to start in terms of bang for your buck. Uh, but yeah, we are seeing a lot of RFP interest in these categories uh, lately. A lot of RFI as well, just that sort of uh, initial uh, pre-sourcing event uh, discovery phase just to figure out, uh, you know, you could ask just a handful of questions to figure out how suppliers approach these things and uh, what sort of terms they may be amenable to. And you can actually use the responses from the RFI to craft an RFP, uh, you know, for a situation that may be more favorable than your current one. And the other thing to keep in mind is, here is this is also uncharted territory for the suppliers as well, right? It's a, you know, you have hospital staff Good and supply chain uh, personnel who are trying to figure out how to live in a post-COVID world. Well, suppliers haven't lived in a post-COVID world yet either. So, you know, they're still sort of scrambling to figure it out. And I, I think it's just, a, a, again, we brought up a, just being collaborative and approaching this from a sense of, you know, how do we figure out something that's mutually workable? I, I think, again, this is an area that you just have to approach with that standpoint and realize that the supplier, yeah, they're, they're in the same boat too. They have a business model that's been disruptive and, you know, in order to keep being successful, they got to figure out, you know, how are they going to meet their clients' demands and different clients, as we mentioned, are going to have different uh, demands and situations as, as uh, the workforce uh, composition and how they, you know, are staffing their employees nowadays changes and and whatnot. No, that's such a good point. And and going into that, obviously, you know, we talk a lot about how purchase services are regional in nature, and regionality can lead to uh, differences in the seasonality of purchase services mm -hmm. depending on where you are in the in the country. Um, along with what you just mentioned, uh, how does seasonality play into it and you know what are some categories that typically get worked on during the summer months that may be trending right now um more so you know versus than at other times of the year mm -hmm. uh actually ironically a, a first thing that comes to mind as far as a summer category goes is a uh, snow removal uh, <laughs> so you know that's something you certainly want to have lined up well in advance of the first snowfall um, yep. And on the flip side, things like landscaping, you know, you don't want March or April, April is very late, actually, you don't want March to roll around uh, without having a landscaping contract in place. You know, that's certainly something you want to have locked up, you know, I, I would say by end of the winter best, you, you know, so you have somebody lined up uh, to do all the sort of the pre-spring cleaning and clearing and uh, prepping activities to, you know, before the landscaping season really gets into full swing. Uh, same with snow removal, you know, on, on the other side, you want really want to have that locked up before the first snowfall. So, you know, you're not in a position where you're scrambling without a contract and, you know, having to pay, you know, maybe inflated diamond materials rates uh, to get something to come out uh, on emergency notice, uh, et cetera. Uh, so th th those are the two big ones uh, seasonally that I think of. Uh, also, you have things that coincide around, uh, you know, flu seasons uh, where there may be more of a clinical bent, um, you know, things like that. If you're, especially if you're looking at, uh, you know, 
blood a blood supplier that'll help you with blood drives uh, and things like that. In the near term, that may be something to think about is, uh, you know, th that's another thing that we see people trying to lock into their contracts with blood is, okay, how is the supplier going to help, uh, you know, manage the supply problem and proactively assist with uh, blood drives and things of that nature. Uh, so those are just a few that come to mind. Makes total sense. Um, we're, we're starting to run out of time here today. This has been really educational for me. I hope it's been really educational for everybody who's listening in as well. Maybe we end with just, you know, Adam Ellsworth has been doing this now for, for 13 years. He's sourced so many different categories across the spectrum. What's your favorite category of all time to source? Oh, gosh. Um, you know, I, I've always sort of really liked the biomedical and radiology and uh, equipment maintenance contracts for some reason. Uh, I think it's just the <laughs> to sound like a nerd here that devices are, are pretty cool to me. And so that, that those were ones where I, you know, kind of liked wa walking through the contracts and seeing what's covered. Uh, there, there's a lot of uh, details with uptime and what types of parts are covered, what's not covered, uh, basically who's allowed to even look at uh, certain pieces of, of equipment uh, on the hospital staff versus what you uh, have to leave to the vendor. Uh, so there's a lot of ins and outs in that category that's uh, come to mind as one of my favorite. It's kind of a curveball question, but glad I had a response <laughs> for it. <laughs> That tells you a little bit about your love for analytics, though, there, because I would say you probably picked one of the most complex categories possible to be your favorite. So um, uh, your background probably helps uh, handle that. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you need help sourcing biomedical, call Adam up and uh, we'll, we'll send him your way. So, Adam, thank you very much for taking the time to be here with us today. Enjoyed the conversation. And uh, we look forward to talking to you again some point in the future. Yeah, it's been great. Thanks, Mickey. Good, talk. Good to talk to you as always. We love to hear feedback from our listeners. So feel free to reach out to us to share what your team is focused on or to share what your supply chain experts are up to now. Look out for our next episode of Procure Pulse, the podcast for managed service leaders. We have a lot of exciting content in the works that we don't want you to miss. I'm Mickey Meehan, your host. Thank you all for tuning in, and we'll see you next time.